If you compare beer with bratwurst, and cheese with wine, or even whiskey, with donuts, then we think you can pair all of these delicious drinks with murder, conspiracies, missing persons, and more. Drink with us as you feed your craving for true crime and creepy stories. Hello there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're here for part two. Yes. I'm halfway down the LSD-induced rabbit hole. Yeah. Just hanging on, yep. waiting to tell the rest of the story. Yep. And you left us with um, some fun things there that fun know, will According really make to, you want to know. To what Dr. Is... Goatleb, there were tons of fun. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I have to make one correction. So listening to the last episode, I said that one of the CIA MK Ultra like branded brothels, also known as a safe house on the West Coast, was located in Berkeley, California. I believe it was San Francisco. They just used a Berkeley student to put in all the fun okay. little tricks. <clears throat> How far is Berkeley from San Francisco? Not far at all. I was going to say. I, I don't I, think it's very far. Sure. However, I think when we're talking about government, we need to be precise. Mm. So I wanted to clarify before we, we got started. And before my mind goes is affected by whatever you intend to <laughs> give me. <laughs> Just well, hoping it's not LSD. It's Come not. <clears throat> um, but it is uh, <laughs> named appropriately uh, for what? we're talking about okay and um we're we're doing the shot version of it 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 is normally a drink it's a more of a coffee type drink i could use some coffee right now i know me too um but let's not disappoint you know anybody here get our (laughs) energy back (laughs) this Uh, one is called The Mind Eraser. I knew it. Even when I was talking to you about what you could possibly choose, I was like, I swear there's a drink called The Mind Eraser. I was kind of thinking it too, and I was like, nah. And then, I don't know, something came over me to look it up. (laughs) Then I saw a picture of it. I was like, ah, I knew it. So I um, tried to do what the way this thing's (laughs) supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can imagine it's a lot easier in a big glass, bigger glass. Mm, yeah. It was not so easy in a shot glass. So these don't look pretty um, like the, the Mind Erasers. It, it's a layer of mm-hmm. brown, then clear, and it looks really cool. But these ones don't quite look that way. So we're, uh, you know, doing what we can. That's all right. It's premixed. So here's yours. Oh, I guess what, I should. What are the ingredients? Yeah, I should say what the ingredients are. Um, the ingredients is coffee liqueur, coffee mm-hmm. liquor. Uh, we just went with Kahlua. Kahlua. <laughs> Kahlua. Kahlua. Uh, and vodka and soda water. And a Club really soda. cool looking vodka bottle. Yeah. For a not very good team this year. <laughs> Yeah, I got my wife. Um, we have this vodka brand here called Game Day, mm-hmm. and they've got a ton of different team colors. Yes. One's the Broncos, of course, uh, and they do have a black and silver one. So yeah. I got my wife that. Probably was more plentiful on the shelves here in Denver, Colorado. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's try this mind eraser and hope it doesn't erase too much of our minds. Yeah. Well, uh, really quick. Oh. We do have a second drink just because this is a shot. Yeah. And we're not we- just doing that continually for the next 35 yeah. minutes. No, that'd be a bad idea. So uh, for the first time on the podcast, we have wine. Vino. Yeah. Which would be my drink of choice on any night of the week. Yeah. You much rather, you much, you much more prefer wine over pretty much anything I'm bringing to the table. Um, So, you know, it took us a while, but we finally got here. Why'd Um, you pick wine though? um, Mainly just because of the name and, and we hadn't done wine on here and we weren't, you know, trying to get too crazy. So what's it called? It is called chemistry. Oh, I see what you did there. So here's the bottle. Yeah. It's, it's called Chemistry. Yeah. It is um, a Pinot Noir. My favorite. Um, it's made by Alliance, I believe, is the brand, or it's Chemistry. I think it's Alliance. And then uh, it's from California as well. Um, I don't see. Dr. Goldleb was a chemist. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of chemists that involved. were involved yes. in <laughs> this whole story. So it's fitting, a Perfect. chemist to create a mind eraser for the CIA, and um, we are pairing drinks that are mocks of yes. our story, basically. Perfectly paired. All right. Here's yours. Yeah. That's my reaching sound. Let's cheers. To the CIA. <laughs> Yep, tastes like I remember. I don't think I've ever had one of those. Those are interesting. I like them because they <clears> taste <throat> like coffee. They taste like the coffee candy. I don't know if you've yeah. ever had the hard yep. candies. It's that like were the Werther's, flavored. the yeah. coffee Werther's. Yeah, that's exactly what it tastes like. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, with with a, a little bit of um, soda sparkle at the end. I was literally going to say with bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I almost wish I would have done a, a, drink a big version. one of that. Yeah. Yep. It was well, tasty. I guess we can do those later by ourselves. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Now we got wine, but I am going to take a sip of water before we get into that. Okay. And I'm not uh, taking a sip of wine yet. I'm going to jump right in. Yeah. Do it for us. So at the end of last week's episode, I alluded to truly horrifying experiments involving Dr. Cameroon and patients at a hospital in Montreal, Canada. This is where our MK Ultra discussion will commence this evening. Esther Schreier was a patient at Montreal's Allen Memorial Institute during the 1960s. She admitted herself for anxiety related to postpartum depression. Esther was a nurse at Jewish General Hospital in Montreal. Her first child was a daughter who died of a staph infection three weeks after birth. Upon finding herself pregnant a second time, the guilt and grief from her first child made her seek medical support for the anxiety she was experiencing out of a fear that her second child, too, would pass away. She had been impressed by Dr. Cameroon. After all, he was not only the head of the Canadian and American Psychiatric Associations, but he was also the head of the World Psychiatric Association as well. 
After being admitted, Esther Schreier spent 30 days in what was referred to as a sleep room. Schreier spent the majority of her time in a drug-induced sleep, only being roused for three feedings a day and sporadic bathroom breaks. During these 30 days, a pregnant Schreier lost 13 pounds. She would be given four to five barbiturates and amphetamines at the same time. While in this drug-induced sleep coma, Schreier was set to undergo what Dr. Cameroon referred to as depatterning. Depatterning was the total breakdown of a patient's mind to reduce them to a childlike state through drugs or electroshock therapy. So the goal was to attain a clean slate from which to start fresh. Once this clean slate was achieved, Dr. Cameroon's psychic driving would commence. This involved playing a recorded message for patients for 20 hours a day. This message was delivered through headphones, helmets, or speakers in their pillows. On March 12, 1960, Esther was deemed completely depatterned. For her, this meant that she was incontinent, had trouble swallowing, and was completely mute. After six months of treatment, which included 29 electroshock treatments, her participation came to an end as she had reached the eighth month of her pregnancy. On September 27, 1960, Lloyd Schreier was born. At that time, Esther could not remember how to perform basic life functions. According to her, she had to relearn absolutely everything. Where she had been, or excuse me, when she had been dismissed from treatment, she had no idea even who her husband was. These Canadian experiments were copied in England by British psychiatrist Dr. William Sargent at both the St. Thomas Hospital in London and at Bellman Hospital in Surrey. What? Mm-hmm. It is unclear if these hospitals were counted as three of the 12 hospitals, which had been identified as having participated in MK Ultra experiments, or if since they were outside of the territorial United States, they were in addition to 12 hospitals here. Um, I don't have much <laughs> to add here. This is blowing my mind. What? And these people didn't know that they were going through an experiment? No. She thought she was being treated, as did most of the patients in Montreal, for very sort of, I wouldn't say trivial situations, but for less concerning medical concerns, like anxiety, like postpartum depression. And they show up to get treatment, and that is what they received. So in a way, they're somewhat willing. Like it's probably they present it as, oh, well, this is an experimental mm-hmm. treatment for yeah. your anxiety. Um, we need to, you know. But how can you give sort of your consent? Regiment, 
Well, if yeah. you don't know the actual purpose is to I'm I'm toy curious if with at some point control. if at some point they like what if they said no I I want to leave like I the don't know whole... how much communication she was having with her family at this time and if you <clears> think <throat> this was in the fifties and the sixties when sort of mental health and those issues weren't quite as the like at the forefront I don't know if a husband would feel like he had the ability to go in and tell a doctor this doesn't seem right but even her as the patient you know like she was in so a many nights induced coma for 30 days oh, that's right and then they played and the, then they, they did played, her treatment so i don't even think noise. she she had the ability to even identify that what was happening to her wasn't okay it's insane now, the Department of Defense also worked with the CIA through MK Ultra projects. The DOD is said to have given hallucinogenic drugs to thousands of quote-unquote volunteer soldiers during the 1950s and 1960s. Another sub-project of MK Ultra was referred to as MK Naomi, and it involved the Army assisting the CIA in developing testing and maintaining biological agents and delivery systems for use against humans, animals, and crops. So all I can think of is like mass distribution of certain chemicals that are going to negatively impact humans, animals, and crops. So they're releasing this chemical over a large area. Yeah. Like uh, aerosol spray type yeah. deal. Um, and how do you safely yeah. maintain those types of things so that they can what be used for future use? Tuskegee experiments, I believe, is similar to that. And I, I just know the Tuskegee Airmen. So. Yeah, I think it's Tuskegee experiment. Uh, it might be wrong on the name, but... They sprayed chemicals over this whole, um, if I remember right, it's a heavily minority area. Oh, I don't know if that's what, but there's an entire story of when the CIA bombed an entire block. Well, there's that. I think Chicago. I feel like. And to me, that's like, what are you covering up? What's happening? Experience. But maybe that happened at the same time. Um, sound like an idiot just you know bringing this up but uh go on with your story i'm gonna do a little okay look now real quick sub project number 54 codenamed perfect concussion used subneural frequency blasts to erase memories in the end the cia would deem lsd to Wait, say that again they oh. I wish I could learn more about this. So um, a sub-project, number 54, was given the name Perfect Concussion. And it used subneural frequencies. So I'm assuming those like high pitches that you can't actually hear, uh, but you hear and your body like feels, huh. to erase memories. Oh, that's, I wonder... Did you see anything there? Like, were they? Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the utter lack of like. If anything worked, actual information. Yeah, we're just not there yet. We'll say though, my daughter can hit 
a high pitched scream when she's and just I happy and excited. I wish my memories were gone. <laughs> I feel like my memories are going, and it oh, might man. be one reason I'm getting dumber as I get no, older. It's the mind eraser you just took. Probably. No. Um, Do you want to add just, in? Yeah. Uh, Tuskegee experiments. I'm not going to really talk about it, but it was really. Uh, it was um, the spread of like syphilis through an area so they could test. Oh, cephalus. I think they were going to test how to cure it. Okay, so here is a completely sub-tangent, and you can take this out if you want. I don't know, was it 10, 12 years ago when zombies were like all the rage? And people were like, "How, how can zombies actually be created and all this stuff? I literally was like, give everybody syphilis. Syphilis is an STD or an STI that literally eats away at your brainstem and turns you into a zombie-like individual. Like, um, shoot, what is his name? Nietzsche. Nietzsche had syphilis. It ate away at his mind. And one of the last things he did was go out and beat a horse because his mind was gone because of syphilis. So maybe they were trying to create zombies, Jace. Jeez. Well... It, it When was the CIA created? What year? It 1947? 47. 43? So, We're recording these two weeks apart. Yeah, the, it is separate. It isn't um, It isn't part of the Maybe CIA. 41? This was done in like 32. They gave like six, 600 black men syphilis. Jeez. Um, 201 ended up not having the disease. And they treated them for bad blood. Uh, and the whole while, I think they're trying to find a treatment for it. They come up with penicillin. <laughs> uh, it became widely available. But the participants in the study were not offered treatment. Oh, geez. Yeah. Classic government. Yep. And then Classic government. First uh, news story on it wasn't until 1972. Yep, it just fits right in with what it's, we're going to talk about. Man, the 1900s are just... That's the 1800s. 1800s. Nope. Oh. No? The 18th century. No, yeah, the 20th. So it's 1900s. The 20th but it's century. the 20th century. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So in the end, the CIA would deem LSD too unpredictable to be used for any sort of mind control. Actually, giving subjects LSD simply made them believe that they could withstand any form of interrogation, including torture. So... Yeah, like last episode, mm-hmm. you said that they were able to withstand torture, like they or they thought they, no, it was <laughs> like nobody one. could torture them. It <laughs> like you can't get if you somebody can't get is to in me. a world of delusion because of LSD. Why do they think that they are going to effectively torture them into submission? You know what I mean? Like even if you don't know, you're taken out of reality, and I think at that point in time, you're allowing yourself to think things that may be make you not want to listen to the man in the dark glasses oh. who's repeating the same phrase over yeah, and over again. You're brought into a cartoon world, basically. You know, you're in an alternate reality. These people didn't, you know, I'll, probably a lot of these people had no idea they were even given drugs. So, mm-hmm. like, they just went into this other world and they're like, well, I must have died. <laughs> like, what's what's this person going to do to me and or they also probably have like no idea like what why are they keep asking me these questions okay <laughs> like, so, i don't know the answers to this so here's what i find really really interesting though like if you would while i'm saying this look up when charles manson and his family kind of ran amok 
So Charles Manson was able to convince like an entire group of young individuals that they should do exactly what he said. Like he convinced them of a lot of things. Like there was a race war coming and that they needed to instigate it. So they murdered a bunch of people. And when members of his family, which is what this group was called, were interviewed, they said they literally believed he was the son of God. And the reason why they did was he would give them all LSD and then reenact Jesus's crucifixion. And through that means they 100% believed what Charles Manson said as this alleged son of God to the point where they were willing to murder like horrifically murder individuals pregnant a pregnant woman because of what he said so it's like the CIA spent what's worth millions of dollars today trying to use LSD to control people's minds and homeboy Charles Manson did it around a campfire (laughs) yeah you know what I mean like what what is the difference um did you come across anything in your book uh there's a lot of belief that Charles Manson was a CIA. No, I think this book stuck to like just factual report information yeah. and gotcha. Charles Manson so, never came up. I, there is an interesting book out there about it. I gotta look it up. Joe Rogan mentions it all the time, but um, yeah, apparently he was a CIA op, and so maybe. CIA got smart enough to Maybe try and get this guy kept to going. Yeah. Because I think to do it. Well, yeah. it was around seventies. Yeah. Beach Boys. You know, he was tied in with them. So it was. Uh, it would be. Sharon Tate. Yeah, Sharon Tate was a little bit later. Yeah, and what's his name? The director. Uh, his her husband. Polanski. Polanski. I don't know. The, I think he diddled kids or somebody young lovely he's not allowed in the united states again (laughs) uh well what i've said is not all that mk ultra is known for so early in the 1950s hypnosis was also studied the test around hypnosis sought to find it's it's roman polanski there we go (laughs) sorry (laughs) go on start over if you need to (laughs) it's okay So the test regarding hypnosis sought to find a way to hypnotically induce anxieties. Also, the CIA wished to use hypnosis to increase an agent's ability to learn complex written information. Finally, experiments and tests were diagnosed to study the relationship between personality type and susceptibility to hypnosis, all done under the purview of MKUltra. Which I have been to a naughty hypnosis show before. What? With Amanda. No way. That's a real thing. Hey girl. Yes. And they literally would like tell you if you don't want to be hypnotized, these are the things you do. Now I obviously implemented Legilimons from Harry Potter, which doesn't allow somebody into your mind. But it was crazy. Um now you said was, naughty. Because I've seen oh, it was naughty. like some videos of when I, I guess I would describe it that way, a naughty hip, But yes. I didn't think it was real. I thought it was like staged. No. Well. Put out there as some pseudo. I was a believer. Pseudo soft porn or something like that. But, but there were people who were hypnotized and people who weren't, which oh, makes yeah. me think that there are personality types who yeah. are more susceptible to being influenced by exterior like influences. Yeah. I like to believe I'm not. But 
that's also why I won't ever like let somebody <laughs> hypnotize me because I don't want to find I, out. <laughs> I'd like to think I know you better than most people. I think you would be so easily hypnotized. No, yes. No. You like you want people to like you. Yeah, so, that's why I wouldn't do it. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to act stupid in front of people. <laughs> I think this is supposed to I be don't. more subtle hypnosis. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and probably over time, it's like hypnosis uh, done a certain amount of times over time. Yeah. And eventually, you get um, somebody to. Yeah. Know, act the way you want them to. Right. It's kind of like uh, quitting cigarettes. You know, there was that whole hypno- <laughs> hypnosis, quitting cigarettes. You listen to the tape. Which, if you've ever watched Friends, it's literally yeah. psychic driving yep. when Chandler's trying to quit. So he plays that audio while he's asleep. Like yep. his subconscious is the only thing listening. Oh, and then he starts and becoming it imprints, a lady. And it, because it's a woman, it changes him. Like, <laughs> what makes me laugh is these things were so supposedly underneath the like lens of the world and let you and let you and yet i took a sip of this chemist wine and it's made my mouth slow (laughs) um and yet you have them show up in pop culture yeah all the time and um i I wonder why i i think we all just watch that type of stuff and take it for hollywood yeah you just assume hollywood made it up entertainment and in truth, like Hollywood actually doesn't make up a whole lot of stuff. If you look, especially now, we see it. Like, look how uncreative they are right now. Right. They've run out of everything. They got to remake everything. Yes. And um, and they've always been copying stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, but you know, to be um in the CIA and come up with this stuff, there's a, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's uh, there's almost a part of me that's like. Uh, I'd admit I'd probably do it. Maybe not some of these horrible things like that dude in the room Agent <laughs> from the, White. the last episode, <laughs> uh, but you pervert. Uh, I, 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 it'd be tempting to run some tests All right. and see what you could well, this, get out of people. This next piece could only be written by Hollywood. And yet I assure you it's a hundred percent factual American magician. John Mulholland was asked to write two manuals for MK Ultra on sleight of hand and undercover communication techniques. He was paid $3,000 for his services. Now, these two manuals were focused on things like strategically slipping pills into drinks, working a partner while maintaining your secret motive. And also teaching women to secretively remove objects. The manuals also described a secret shoelace pattern, which when worn would communicate that that individual should be followed. And instructions on how to play dumb so no one suspects you. You can actually buy a copy of one of these manuals or perhaps a combination of both on Amazon, even though it was thought that the manuals had been destroyed. But after resurfacing, they were compiled and it is called the official CIA manual on trickery and deceptions. No kidding. Uh, yes. I wonder, yeah. Um, I wonder why. You can find it, but don't buy it. 
Because maybe I already did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that that's fun. There's also a uh, interesting book by him. With the t- well, the title's interesting. Um, called the Journal of Necromantic Numismatics. This magician. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can, we need to do a story just on him. I feel like what an uh, intriguing human being. Yeah, Necromancing is like being in love with dead people or I bringing them back the to life. Act of having sex. That's with necrophilia. Oh. Okay. Necromancing, I think, is bringing the dead back to life. Oh, how interesting. Yes. Yeah, I clicked on the link for it. Well, now our computer is full of disgusting things, I'm sure. No, it just <laughs> went to some. Well, it's not a secure site, so let's get out of there. All right. <laughs> All right there is on. one area of MK Ultra that we haven't really touched on. The experimentation that was done in detention camps across Europe and Asia. And the reason I haven't given you information on it is because there is literally next to no information to find. Here is what I was able to deduce. CIA officers would capture enemy agents or other civilian individuals they determined to be expendable. These captured individuals would then be detained, locked away. Was there any info on their definition of expendable? No, but I'm sure I could come up with one. These captured individuals would then be detained, also known as locked away, in cells, and tests involving drugs, electroshock, sensory deprivation, and extreme temperatures would be performed. While enduring these measures, measures, CIA agents would ask questions of the subjects with the aim being to destroy the human ego, which according to Freud is the personality portion of the three-part mind. No reports, none, had to be filed regarding these experiments because they were conducted in other countries. How do... I mean, how do we know they happened then? So there's going to be several congressional hearings where individuals are going to provide a little bit of information, forget a lot of bit of information, and that's how we know they happened. Jeez. That's so screwed up. Yes. (laughs) We go into stop, like concentration camps in Nazi Germany because of what was happening to human beings. Yeah, we're And then we just replace it like smaller scale. Yeah. Not like well, it's not affecting a whole race of and people. And it's for the greater good, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yes, you're right. That's the that's their thinking. Um but it's uh it's it's evil. All right. Well, just This will make you question everything. Buckle up, huh? A final area that probably has the most enduring questions revolves around the claim that, and I've already told you this claim, MKUltra was seeking biological, chemical, both of those things we've talked about, and radiological means of mind control, specifically regarding that radiological part. No documents have thus revealed what the radiological testing could have involved. And when asked about it during later congressional hearings, which I've alluded to, the answer 
has always been the same. There is no evidence. But it seems clear to me that that is not actually an answer at all, considering the next part of the story I intend on telling you. Yeah, that that's not an answer. I, if anything, that's an answer saying, yeah, it happened, but there's no evidence to show what happened. Well, I think the most like daunting part of that question is biological and chemical, everything we've talked about, like there might be emotional long-term effects, mental long-term effects, but when you get into radiological, that's like physical cancer-inducing changes the chemistry of cells effects. And that's really quite scary to me. That's what radiology does. It manipulates cells to create cancer cells. And so if you're using that on human beings, that's not something that after three days, I've never done drugs, Jay, so you'll have to step in. Like you go on a bad trip. How many days does that last? Uh, It's like six hours. Right. And then you move on. Unless you keep taking it. It depends on how much they gave them. But yeah. But um, like the permanency of radiological testing makes me wonder. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It it also kind of leads me to think, what if there's some uh, town out there in the mountains, like a hills have eyes situation? See, and then I think like Area 51, right? Like we're going to say it's aliens, but perhaps it's a place where these kind of tests were happening during the 1950s, and it's so high in radiology to this day that we're going to let you all think it's aliens. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying. Or I don't say I believe it. Like it's that. literally just an idea that I had. It also makes, uh, so you bringing up the area of 51, boy, and I'm sure others will think this too. <laughs> What's stopping them from continuing these tests? Just wait for my outro. All right. <laughs> It makes me so sad and scared. Oh, gosh. So in 1973, then director of the CIA, Richard Helms, considered it likely that he would be removed from his position by President Nixon. At this time, Helms was allegedly the only man at the CIA to know what Dr. Gottlieb had been up to. Dr. Gottlieb, too, had his eyes on leaving the CIA. So the pair decided... That before either one left, all MK Ultra records needed to be destroyed. So the director of the CIA ordered the destruction of all records pertaining to MK Ultra, and they all were destroyed at his word. How many years of MK Ultra would it be? Twenty-three ish. Wow. Well, most of the records were destroyed. Oh. In 1974, a New York Times journalist, Seymour Hirsch, published a story about the CIA drug testing being executed on non-consensual subjects. There were two subsequent investigations that took place. The Church Committee, led by Idaho Democratic Senator Frank Church, looked into not only the CIA but also the FBI and other intelligence agencies and what they did here locally in the United States of America. The second was focused specifically on the CIA and its activities within the United States. This commission was led by then Vice President Nelson Rockefeller. 
As a result, President Ford would, in 1976, issue an executive order which prohibited experimentation with drugs on human subjects without their informed consent. There was no law on this before the that? The Nuremberg Code. Right. But we're America. <laughs> we don't follow a world code. We do what we right. want. Yes. So we enforce an executive the world order, code. which for those of you who don't know, carries the weight of law, but can be designated by the single executive the President of the United States was put into place. Now, that's a I good s- executive order. Yes, sir. Now, I said almost all the records regarding MK Ultra were destroyed. Now, a batch of finance records related to MK Ultra were eventually found, and this discovery led to another congressional hearing. Oh. I attempted to read all 147 pages of this oh. congressional hearing, Boring. but most was simply regarding the discovery of the additional records, revealing nothing additional to the church or Rockefeller commissions. And there literally was only so many times I could read the phrase, no evidence was found, before I started to think I was going crazy. They were MK altering you through their finance records. That's literally what I thought was happening. And I was like, we all know what you're saying. If, Why can't you just say it? What if that is what they were trying to do. Like, well, we don't want to get caught. Success. Let's use this part <laughs> of our experiments. And whoever's trying to catch us is going to be like, they psychic you know what? drove me. There's no evidence. No evidence was found. No evidence was found. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, I don't know. It involved a Kennedy, and I seem to think the Kennedys wouldn't be a part of this mis- mishmash. You still have faith. It's so... I don't know. The Kennedys were uh, a league of their own. Yeah, but they were still involved with uh, okay. some shenanigans. All right. <laughs> do you want to know what happened to Dr. Gottlieb? I do. You're going to be mad. I'm going to be mad. Well, he retired from the CIA in 1973 after receiving the Distinguished Intelligence Medal and after ensuring that all MK Ultra files had been destroyed. He and his wife, Margaret, then traveled around Australia, Africa, and India for two years. For about 18 months, Dr. Goldleb and his wife ran a leper hospital in India. After that time in India, the couple moved to Santa Cruz, California, where Dr. Goldleb attained a master's degree in speech pathology. He and his wife ultimately moved back to Virginia, where Dr. Goldleb worked in middle schools high schools, and a hospice center. Using his speech pathology credential, she asked questioningly. Perhaps he was doing something else. Mm. Just thoughts. The couple had four children, two boys and two girls. On March 7th, 1999, Dr. Gottlieb died. And sticking true to, I'm sure, some CIA code of silence, his wife never revealed her husband's cause of death. Oh. How old was he? He was like 80 or 90 or something. He, was, he lived to a ripe old age, this Dr. Goldleb. Probably just died of old age. Um, somebody said he had some heart issues. But the fact that she would never say makes me curious. What if in those final days he was like, nope, it's time to tell my tale. It's time to write my book. It's time to let the world know what MK Ultra was. And then he takes a sip 
of an alcoholic drink that is laced with something chemical, biological, or radiological, and that is all he wrote. Yeah. Um, That's just my theory. You have to say things like alleged. Allegedly. I'm hypothesizing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but kind of makes sense. I mean, we live a long time doing a lot of awful things. And well, you, yeah, and then you have a long time to think about all those awful things. Do you, you do reach a point where. Do you, know, you buy he was just working on speech with middle school, high schools, and hospice care patients? Like, what are you teaching somebody who's on their deathbed in terms of how you say words? Make that make sense to me, Jace. So, I do buy it. Um, okay, Grandpa's dying. Grandpa, this is how you say. Like, seriously. The only reason I would buy it, and and I could see the other way going, that, you know, it's another way for him to do experiments. But the only reason I would think maybe he actually did do that is, again, because of all the awful things he did before. And it's his penance. He's making up for it. He's... um trying to do some good in the world. And maybe at the same time, if you're working with hospice patients on their speech, maybe he gets close enough with them that he, well, actually, <laughs> I just thought of this. He's working on them with them on their speech. So these people were not talking very well. What a what great better target person. audience. Also, well, right, for that. But on to play devil's advocate literally here, um, what better person can you tell your secrets and your sins? And they're not going to go and tell somebody. And if they tried, nobody so would he's, understand them. It's therapeutic <laughs> to me. I'm yeah. sorry. Right. What's he doing in a leper colony in India? What's he doing in Penance. Australia and Africa? Uh, I don't but buy it. You know what? I, I'm playing I devil's advocate. I can also it. see the other way. Um, but he's getting old, and that's the other thing that... I don't know. When you get to a certain age, I would think that you're kind of, you've done all the evil you can and you're moving on. And then, see, every time I want to call him evil, I think about the fact that, like, his experiments were sanctioned by the U.S. government under this banner of, you're protecting democracy. And I tried, and I was going to do it, and then I wrote a different outro. I wanted to find a quote that kind of encompassed this notion that to protect these amazing freedom, individual rights, whatever ideas, you have to be willing to do the worst things. And like, I feel like there's a movie out there and if somebody knows it, please feel free to send it. Just saying like, yeah, we're protecting these amazing notions of the individual and rights and freedom and democracy and the right to govern but in order to do that we have to become the worst version of humanity because we're fighting the worst versions of humanity do you know what i mean like communism sucks and if you don't think so you're wrong and so like yeah he did really terrible things and i wish he hadn't done it it makes me worried about what's happening today but it was done in the name, and he truly believed he was doing it in the name of fighting against another evil. Yeah, which so which 
is why I lean Gosh, more towards. No, now I'm changing he, my mind. He probably he because of everything I you just to said. Hate you goat leb. He probably was actually doing these things uh, at the end of his his career, um, working uh, life because. Now I wish if I... all of what you said is true for a person, you don't look back at those things and or at least 90% of people, maybe higher of a percent, don't look back at those things and say, um, I've done nothing wrong. You know, like I... he has a long time to think about all this stuff after mm-hmm. he's out of it. And I, I mean, know. I would think I'm uh, torn. He'd feel I'm completely guilty. torn. Yeah. Well, well, it could here, be either way. I mean, it's a lot more fun to think of it in the. Just you know, a, he's, he's just, still conducting experiments. Yeah, yeah and he's just this evil scientists out there who have perfect diction. Yeah, the Hollywood story would be he. <laughs> he just continues. Just continues, yes. and he is uh, a lost soul that will never be found, I and know. he will be conducting experiments till his old age. I know. And death. And the complexity of humanity. Which, if anybody goes, why are they doing this podcast? A, because we like it. B. Just exploring the complexity of human beings yeah. is something I very much enjoy doing. Whether yeah. it's a serial killer, this a chemist doctor, like trying to understand why people are the way that they are. Yep. Well, and it's fascinating how humans can detach themselves from what they're doing. Whether yeah. it's as a serial killer because you have a mental illness of, you know, being... Uh, of psychosis and mm-hmm. or if you're a scientist and you detach yourself from right. it in the name of science or in the name of or of you're patriotism a, a government or you're a government who's sanctioning mass like infringements on rights to protect other rights there's yeah. justifications all right so here's where i am left For 20 years, the CIA broke international guidelines and infringed upon the rights of citizens in order to pursue something as outlandish as mind control. They aligned themselves with war criminals, promoted crimes like prostitution, and used biological, chemical, and possibly radiological means to control minds. Then... All of the records documenting these actions were ordered destroyed, the goal being to hide these atrocious truths from the public. So what else have they done? What could potentially be taking place right now under the direction of the CIA or another governmental agency, all acting behind bogus organizations or groups funded through grants or other means, all deriving their monies from the secret agencies themselves. What might come out 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now as being covert operations taking place right here on American soil and in plain sight, but implemented with utter confidence because the public as a whole is unwilling to see what is going on in front of their very eyes. I don't know about you, but my eyes are open 
And to be honest, my mind is intentionally just a bit freer and a bit more defiant. Because if there is one thing MKUltra has taught me, it is that what the government actually wants is the control of all of our minds.